Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, first question you've got for today is from Carla, and it's about working her horse at Liberty. So she's doing classical dressage. She has a four-year-old who's under saddle, who's growing, so she's taking it nice and slowly. He can focus very well and he sticks with her during the training. But she has a question. He likes to look away, not just glance, but really momentarily stare for about 10 seconds or longer during the breaks. She's tried slapping the ground or her body with a stick or a rope, walking in the opposite direction, and it works. But then he'll bob his head back to whatever thing it was that he was looking at. Her question is, how strict does she need to be about holding his focus? Mm. Less strict. Um, that may not be the answer that you were thinking I was going to say, but uh, I'm going to give you a little story and you'll find the answer in the story. If you were made to stare at a, a certain movie for 10 minutes straight, you had to look at that movie. In 10 minutes when you have a break, I'll guarantee you look out the window and stare out the window and probably stay staring out the window for a while. So the biggest, one of the biggest things that I come across with horses and the troubles I see in horses is a term I call hyperfocus or so a soft horse and true transition is the horse having a thought change. So if a horse is thinking forward, then it goes into a backup, it's thinking backwards. If it goes left, it thinks left. If it goes right, it thinks right. The danger in sometimes when we do liberty, and I'm not saying liberty is, is the problem, I'm saying there's something common that happens in all, all riding, even, uh, even if you're not doing liberty, that people sometimes overlook as it as a problem as they get their horse focused on them. So when they're working, when it's very common that sometimes when we're doing liberty work, we get the horse to focus on us and they have their attention on us uh, or the sticks or whatever we're, we're, we're working with. Um, so I don't know how you do your liberty, but anyway, whatever. But the horse is to focus on the pressure, not necessarily on the movement on the pressure, where the pressure is, where the person is, where the pressure is, where the person is. So it's constantly hyper-focused on that one thing. So when you turn off that and you have a break, the horse will hyper-focus somewhere else because it's been trained in its education to hyper-focus, which means when it gets a thought distraction out there, it'll hyper-focus out there as well. So training a horse to hyper-focus is a little dangerous uh, and we can sometimes do it. It's more prevalent in liberty training because we tend to get our horses to focus on us and stay hooked onto us and hooked onto the pressure, the drive and the draw pressure, whatever pressures you, you, you're using. So um, if you don't want your horse to stare away when, when, when you have a break, don't make it hook onto the pressure so much when you're training it, um, opposed to asking it to focus back on you when it looks away because that's, that's, that's why it's looking away because it's made to focus on pressure. Well, I'm not saying that's... 50% of me saying that's why the horse is looking away is because it's made to focus on the pressure while it's working or you and the pressure. So that's why when it, when you turn off, it looks away. 
And and most horses that I've come across that are made to hyper-focus on the person, as soon as you stop and have a conversation with someone and turn around, guarantee they switch off. Um, the connected horses, they're the ones that are um, uh, uh, not focused but um, aware of us, the ones that are just aware that we're there and they look over there, they'll check that out, they'll, they're constantly going towards their thoughts. Well, when you turn off and talk to your friend, they're still connected, they're still kind of there. Um, so you're not turned off completely because you're aware of them too. Uh, and that's the that's a soft horse. So when you do liberties, and it's very hard to do it in liberties, you, you, you've got to be careful how much training you do on a horse and keep them focused on the one thing. So it's so important that the basics, um, you know, we can do a lot of high-level groundwork with horses that gets them to hyper-focus a little too much, whereas the good basics we want to build, even a dressage horse, doesn't matter what you're doing, is a horse that can change its thoughts quite easily so it can as i say it can go faster it can go slower it can think backwards it can think left it can think right but every direction or every movement has a bit of an opportunity in it so the horse is thinking in the direction of travel so like when i do a leg yield on a horse i you know the horse is going to go right but a lot of horses are focused on the pressure on the left so they're just thinking about the pressure they're moving off not the direction that they're traveling so it's very important in a leg yield to get a horse to think in the direction of travel so it's not focused on pressure so um so with your horse you've got to work out how you can get it to focus on the task not where the pressure is coming from or the person creating the pressure which is you um which is the hard bit um i wouldn't sort of stand there and have a break and say now i need you to get your thoughts back here uh the horse has got to let go of the hyper focus in the training and the hyper focus is on the pressure so if you start just working on getting to let go of a destination, um, then you're doing the same thing. You're saying, well, you, you've got to focus on me again when you have a rest. So then, then you're creating hyper-focus. So what should you do? I mean, do you just let them go on that break? That's it. They can have their sort of their, their change of thought, their mind. They can go and... Well, I'd let them have a break, but I think, I, think, um, I think the horse needs a break by the sounds of it. It, it needs a break because it's... It's, it's made to focus on the one thing for long enough that it's going to focus on the one thing when it has a break, which is away from that one thing it had to focus on because it's intense to focus on one thing so much. So horses that have to focus on one thing too often uh, will, will tend to have a bigger break from that and just destinate somewhere else. Okay, all right. Next question, Mark, is from Sarah. Um, she has a young mare and she... She, when she's bending her head to flex on both sides, she's just having issues because the mare won't stand still. She keeps thinking that she's asking her to follow the rope instead of just wanting her head to tilt. She's standing at the shoulder. Where is she going wrong? Um, with that flexion, um, just I, I would just get the get stand quietly, um, do some clear backing and forward, backwards and forwards and backwards and forward where you put clear pressure, forwards and backwards. So the horse is going forward to pole pressure, backwards. And then I just let it stand with it with a loose knot. And I just kind of pick up the knot on one side and just get the horse to flick an ear a little bit to start with or just, just, just roll an eye a little to start with just to get it to acknowledge that side and then do that on the other side so it acknowledges that side. Um, but... I only do enough flexion that the horse can bend around uh, a little bit to just start to look like it's going to go that way and bend and flick its thoughts around there. Um, very quickly after I've got a bit of thought change into the to the knot or the, the rope, 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to want some movement. So I actually draw the rein to get the horse to move. I don't want to do a lot of lateral flexion when I'm standing there and the horse is bending around all the time, bending around, bending around, because um, then I start to lose that leading effect with the rein. So I'll get them to cock their head. Uh, so say, for instance, uh, if you're looking at 12 o'clock, if I was going left, I'd probably get them to clock their, cock their head around to about 10 o'clock um, and alternatively 2 o'clock on the other side. So they're looking around a bit, thinking around there, thinking around there. Uh, I might even get them to come around a little further for some of the horses that are real bracy. But once they get a good bend in their neck and their head, um, that they're looking around, uh, even towards, um, yeah, no, I'd say 10 o'clock. Um, then I would say open rein step in or hindquarter yield or do something like that where as it, when I get more bend, so from 10 o'clock, once I'm asking for more bend from there, I want more bend in the horse. But as I'm taking that bend, I'm putting a distinct feel in the rein to a distinct place that the horse actually either moves its hind feet or its front feet, depending on, on the position of the rein. But to, to get your horse to stand still, um, just do little increments of thought change either side just a little bit for a while. Just stand quietly, like with a neutral knot, and even just stand there for five minutes with your horse beside your horse with no anticipation before you do it. And then just pick up a feel, get the horse to flick its thoughts one way, the other, one way, the other, and then till it can sort of bring its thoughts around and bend. But as I say, once you're around 10 o'clock or 2 o'clock, depending on which way you're bending, you, you, you'd start to put more feel and, and start to put balance in the horse so it has to get to the feet. Too much flexing, flexing with all foot feet still can be a problem. The next question is from Beck and it is all about horses that kick other horses under saddle. We've all seen it, probably some of us have experienced it. With this particular mare, she gets especially worried when horses are ridden up behind her. It's generally a kick up it's not too savage but Beck would like to know how to fix it without going to the traditional methods of harsh, harsh punishment when it happens just so she can keep the other horses and the riders as safe as possible how does she do this Mark? Um, basically like like most most of the uh, the, the things, things that we come across it's getting them to let go of that uh, and offer them an alternative um, so but the reason why they get sensitive around other horses is also important um, and it can be some horses are more sensitive than others and they feel when they're under saddle they can't make as many decisions it's almost like being backed into a corner you know imagine a horse being backed into a corner with another sort of dominant horse to get very defensive or very reactive uh, might jump the fence things like that um, but if that horse was in a big paddock it wouldn't uh, be as close to that horse to be so defensive so under saddle um, and, and how they've been trained in the past also can come into the equation of how bad they are around other horses. So, you know, sometimes if a horse is made to go in tight spaces, push through things, push through things, it feels that it's not allowed to make any decisions for itself. So then when it's in sort of um, a bunch of other, or if it's within, when it's within a lot of other horses and, and, and there's all the other sort of, little bits of um, body language that the other horses have and then the horse becomes very defensive because it thinks I'm not allowed to I'm not allowed to shift away from this area so I'm going to protect myself and become more kicky and things like that so in training it's very important um, before you get into these situations is um, show the horse that the the back door is open as well as the front door so so um, 
uh, like I, I say to people at a clinic, I said, when you first ever met your first partner that you quite liked, I'll guarantee that the back door was open a little bit when you met them. So what I mean is um, you don't get to know someone well if you're forced into it with the back door closed saying you must, you must stay there with them and um, like them. So with the back door open, you're free to go, well, actually, I don't like this person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk out or I want to get to know this person. But so, so a horse around other horses uh, it's important to know that freedom is available. So when, when you're working in around other horses is when you see some different little body language, when you feel her tense up a little, um, take her away from other, another horse. Uh, and, and in building her confidence around other horses, this is also part of, you know, instead of just having an answer when she kicks, uh, help her feel that she can make decisions a bit better around other horses so she's softer around other horses so as i say when you feel some tension and she's not sure and if she if she had nobody on her she would go actually i'm not sure about this i'm going to wander over here a bit i don't want to be near that horse well you make decisions like actually i'm going to let you or take you over there a little bit and say you can go away now you can come back and now you can go away so so you show her around the intricacy of, of her dynamics and other horses and things like that when you're riding her that she can always go somewhere safe for her own benefit and that'll give her more confidence and also more curiosity at getting to know other horses better and getting a bit more friendly with other horses out on trailering groups um, but basically uh, as soon as you start to feel that kick starting to happen if you've sort of helped her out and then she's still got that oh I'm a bit frantic there's a few things you can do, as I say, go back to saying, well, instead of kick, her kicking, walk her forward a bit and say, well, you move away from that horse a little bit so she can, or you move away to the left rein or right rein. So, so instead of sort of getting on her and saying, don't do that and making her more, because the more nervous she gets, the more defensive she might get around other horses. So, so you know, if we reprimand her, we might make her more nervous. So, so what I'm, um, what I get you to do is at that moment where she looks like she's about to kick, just say, let go of that steerer somewhere else, give her some distraction, take her away for a bit and then bring her back back in uh, a little bit later. And and then um, what will happen is she won't feel that she's backed into a corner that she needs to kick as much. Uh, and then and then um, she might slowly get a little bit friendlier, you know, with the other horses. So she won't feel so threatened that she has to kick um, because she won't feel like she's backed into a corner um with with the other horses around her she'll know that there's there's space for the, her to to move away if she needs to and then and then she'll, she'll feel a little bit better and slowly but surely you'll you'll be able to work your way back into herds and she'll be a lot calmer and the worry cup will be a, a lot um less full so so she'll make better decisions around other horses uh the other thing also is you have to look at all the things that you can control on her as well when you ride her and when you're when you're riding if the reins worry if your legs worry her then, then the cup's a bit more full. So then because she's already carrying extra anxiety, her, her reactiveness and defensiveness is going to be also uh, a, lot, a, a lot worse. So, so, you know, if she's real calm and connected and feeling good about, you know, being ridden then, and, and she's at a normal level, then when she gets with other horses, she's, she's not already on high alert. And that's also something you really got to think about is all the things that you can control. Are they working well? And, um, and also, are they working well enough to help her let go of a strong thought? So, you know, keep the back door open for her when she's starting to explore with other horses. 
Um, but your tools have to be able to get her to let go of a strong thought if needed. So if push comes to shove and you're in a position that you couldn't help and it looks like she's going to kick, if you take a rein to say let go of that thought, think left and go over here, then she's to let go of that thought and and go over here and, and, and take her mind off, off the kick and onto something else very quickly. Brilliant. Okay. So last question for today, Mark, is from Christine. She's been working through your challenges with her rising four-year-old gelding who's very pushy and bracy. She's come a long way with the pushiness and she says she has you to thank for this. But he's still quite bracy unless she has the flag in hand and she's getting a little bit stuck in one particular area and she's wondering if you can help with that. So it's when she is standing in front of him and she's getting him to take a soft step towards her and then asking him to stop with the flag. He's getting a little bit confused by the flag asking him to stop and he gets a little bit agitated and will try to walk off to the left again. So she's just wondering where she might be going wrong with that. And by the way, he's still a little bit bracy and agitated with forward and backward transitions, especially when she's facing backward, if that helps at all. Okay, well, with the, the the walking up on the long, if it's on a long rope lesson, we get him to walk and stop and walk and stop. So yes, on the long legs. Um, yes. Yeah. So so basically, with that one, you have to show a horse that can back off a little bit from the flag. So I know that might seem like driving pressure, but um, if you just kind of shook a flag in front of it a little bit and it kind of went, oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. I'm going to move off that. Then, then the horse knows how to kind of yield its thoughts back off the flag a little. This is also important for horses that um, feel a little frozen around sort of anxious things is presenting a bit of anxiety in front of them and they can move softly back off it to know that they can make themselves safe if they need to, if something felt unsafe. So, so But you're not sort of pushing your body language into them all the time and just driving them back. It's just more so if I shake a flag a little closer to you, you're, you can you can step back and you show them that they can all step back off that flag nice and softly um, and that that will also help um, but there's a point that I use the rope and not the flag because um, the catch with using the rope and the flag is you're using the feel of the rope and then the eyes when you use the flag and you don't want to overdo it it's just there to help start something and get a horse to let go of a strong thought but if the horse is just staring at the flag and not listening to the rope, then then you'd probably just do it all through the rope. So another thing you can think about doing is when you're walking forward, uh, you're drawing your horse forward and then you loosen the rope so it sort of ground ties the horse and it's supposed to stand. If the horse keeps walking and it's staring at you, then you just put a quick wave or shake up the rope so so you can, can feel a bit of the heat of the rope come and it goes, oh, that wasn't... Oh. So when it pushes forward, you can it can feel... Uh, an inertia through the rope that makes it more undesirable to come forward. So it's going to go, oh, hang on a minute, that's that's not where I want to be going right now. So it'll just stop. So then it's the rope that tells the horse, it's the rope that's telling the horse to let go of the forward thought opposed to you doing something with its eyes, which would be the flag. So, um, and sometimes that can be more productive because, you know, you're not pulling on its head only to sort of distract it with its eyes and say, look at me, stop. Okay, because sometimes by looking at the flag, the horse is drawn to it because it's looking at something, so it targets it. So, so yeah, if you can neutralise yourself, neutralise the flag, and just say forward with the rope, and if the horse comes too far with the rope, you go, no, no, too much, and you give it a little bump or a shake to say, no, no, that's, that's too much, and it'll go, oh, hang on a minute, what was that? And they'll stop, and then, then, then it's, then it's uh, all through the feel opposed to its eyes, and I think that'll help quite a bit. Uh, but as I say, if the horse can also move backwards and forwards, off 
oh, sorry, backwards off the flag if, if you need it to, then, then that's also going to help. Fantastic. Lovely. All right. Superb tips there again, Mark. It's great listening to you as always. I love all the sort of insights that you've got on understanding the, the psychology behind why things are happening, let alone how on earth we go about helping it. So it's, it's really good. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. You're off to Queensland uh, next week, getting ready for a whole bunch of clinics up there. So I hope um, if you live in Queensland, you can look out for Mark and come and Come and watch him. He's going to be in a whole load of different areas from Cairns all the way down through to Brisbane. So come and check him out. He's doing a couple of demonstrations in those areas as well. Thanks very much, Mark. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah, thanks, Jenny. Thanks, everybody. You can learn more from Mark and his approach online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. Join hundreds of others around the world making real progress, fixing problems and improving their relationship with their horses. There are now over 500 training videos. Make use of the seven-day free trial and take a look. Membership is just $15 a month and you get to ask Mark a question.